You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of our Adult Sunday School series. Adult Sunday School is taught by a variety of different men in our church. Now let's prepare our hearts as our Sunday School teacher brings forth God's truths from His Word today. Good morning, uh, my brothers and sisters uh, from Fellowship Baptist. and Also, good morning to... My brothers and sisters uh, that are watching as well that uh, not necessarily belong to this church but uh, are tuning in this morning for the Sunday School Hour. Welcome. Um, As I mentioned uh, last time I was up here, uh, um, no, I am not Pastor White's brother. (laughs) We were talking about that a little bit this morning before I came up here, how... uh, we do have a resemblance to one another, but uh, as I mentioned, uh, the office that I work in, where I go to work, uh, all of us have gotten together through uh, uh, email and um, uh, Microsoft Teams and other avenues of communication, and, and we're not shaving or cutting our hair till uh, this thing's lifted and we can all uh, get back to work and we'll take a group picture and just kind of reminisce about uh, this whole thing. Certainly this is unprecedented times. It's it's a cliche that we talk about right now as we deal with this uh, COVID-19 and this pandemic. Uh, As we cope with lockdowns, I've I've never heard the term shelter in place before until now. And I still don't quite understand how they apply that to the situation, but maybe they're just trying to make us feel good about uh, what we're doing. And certainly we have to deal with these crazy controlling socialist governors around uh, the country, uh, specifically in the state of Michigan. The people are laid off, and certainly this creates a lot of emotional stress. But one thing that we need to keep in mind through all this is uh, we all deserve help. And, uh, you know, God sent his son down here to die for us and uh, that we could escape what we justly deserve. And so we need to be forever grateful, uh, regardless of our circumstances. And this morning, I'd like to talk about gratefulness. And the Lord kind of put this on my mind Um, as I meditated after the Easter service. um, You know, we get so caught up in our pride and uh, how we think we need to deserve better than other people, um, how people need to get in line with our orthodoxies, um, or we get frustrated with things because they're not going our way. When in reality, we really need to be grateful. Uh, So if you would, turn to Colossians chapter 3. We're going to park on this uh, portion of scripture that I'm going to read this morning, pray, and then we'll get into the message. Uh, Usually uh, I try to um, kind of go through the Bible as I kind of put uh, various, put a thought together as as I teach. But this morning we're going to park on one particular portion of scripture And I'm really just going to kind of throw out some thoughts to you this morning 
for something for you to think about, meditate on, um, and then kind of bring it all together at the end. So it's a little kind of different for me this morning, but this is kind of how the Lord has let me, led me, and uh, we'll just see how it goes. So Colossians chapter 3, starting at verse 12. God's word says, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body. And be ye thankful. And that word thankful uh, has the connotation of being grateful. And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks, again the connotation of gratefulness, to God and the Father by him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for this time uh, that we have this morning as um, I share uh, with those that have joined in this morning uh, for live stream uh, that, Lord, uh, get, allow me to get out of the way and allow you to just uh, speak to all of us this morning that uh, we can use these things in our lives in this time and place that we find ourselves in. In Jesus' name, amen. As I mentioned this morning, uh, I want to talk about uh, being grateful or, or showing a gratefulness. And we're going to uh, kind of get back to this portion of scripture that we read this morning in Colossians. And uh, as the Lord led me to this um, uh, idea or this thought of being grateful... I thought, okay. So as I started to do a word study in Scripture, you're going to find that in the King James Version, the word grateful or gratefulness doesn't appear anywhere. It's actually a variant of being thankful or thanks. Similar to the word love, you have agape love or falaho uh, love those types of loves in the scripture. And if you, if you don't get really into the context and study a little bit, uh, you can't pull out the deep uh, riches that are in scripture. So it's the same thing with thankful and thankfulness. But <clears throat> I want to focus on the aspect of gratefulness this morning. Um, so before I start, I want to just pull out what the definition of these two are from, from a dictionary perspective. So I got into the Merriam-Webster 
dictionary and took a look at these um, two words, thankful and grateful, so that we can understand the difference between the two. To be thankful, of course, I'm going to just read you these definitions. Um, one, it's a conscious of benefit received. For what we are about to receive makes us truly thankful. It's an expression of thanks. And I always get a little um, irritated with the dictionary when they use the same word to divine, define itself. Thankful service. And then uh, a third aspect of being thankful is well-pleased, glad. We're thankful that it didn't rain or didn't snow. <laughs> um, so thankful is more of a, a conscious thought that you express. Now grateful, again back to the Merriam-Webster definition of this word, it's an appreciative of benefits received, expressing gratitude, grateful thanks. And then a second uh, definition, it's affording pleasure or contentment. It's pleasing, pleasing by reason of, reason of comfort supplied or discomfort alleviated. So the difference between thankful and grateful is that thankful is more of a um, conscious understanding of something that's transpired. Now, I'm thankful for this, or I'm thankful for that, the way things happened. But grateful takes it a little step farther in that there's an emotional aspect to being thankful. You're very appreciative of what happened, and you show that emotionally. So thankful or thankfulness is more of something that you understand in your mind, but grateful is something that you understand in your mind, and then you express it emotionally from the heart. So with that in mind, um, as an example, I had soldier's shoulder surgery um, not quite six months ago. And some of the problems I was having with it's my right, was my right shoulder um, was the movement was very painful. As a matter of fact, it was so painful, I couldn't put like a t-shirt over my head without some help. And sleeping at night was uh, very, very painful. I, I, I just had sleepless night after sleepless night after sleepless night. So finally, uh, my wife convinced me uh, to get an x-ray. And the x-ray showed that I had uh, uh, just bone-on-bone -bone contact with my um, bone here in my shoulder. There was no... Um, no protection between the two bones, uh, no um, uh, cartilage, thank you, no cartilage to protect uh, uh, the two. So um, 
the doctor recommended replacement surgery. So um, I was very nervous about the whole thing and uh, it took me a while to, to um, make the decision, but the pain just got be, to be beyond uh, so much that I just couldn't bear it anymore. So I made the decision to go ahead with the surgery. And um, after the surgery, um, there was a process that my body had to go through, and I'm still going through it a little bit, but I tell you, over time, I've gotten motion, the motion's not as painful anymore, and uh, I can actually sleep. So not only was I thankful for the, for the doctor because I had this um, alleviation of pain, but I was so grateful because I could now sleep, I could do things that I couldn't do uh, before that a normal person could do, and I expressed that to the doctor. I, I was so um, grateful. In the beginning when I started to see him, you know, with, with the pain and I was in a sling, um, you know, I, I said, you know, thanks for the surgery, you know. <laughs> But then, after, after a couple of visits, and I was able to get motion and everything, I was just sharing with him all the good that it had done and how grateful I was. And the disposition from the doctor from just, you know, thanks to this show of gratefulness, it, you could just see he was so uh, proud of the fact that, you know, he had been able to help me. Um, I know sometimes when... Uh, when you send emails, those of you that send emails to people and you're sharing some information and you've really put some time into sharing that information and then you get a return email from that individual and it just says, thanks. Like, you think to yourself, okay, you know, thanks. You know, he really, really appreciated the time I put into it. But if someone shows gratefulness in a return email saying, hey, look, at, you know, I, could, I, I used your information. It was really productive in what I was, was doing. It just gives you a, a sense of accomplishment. So thankfulness and gratefulness. Gratefulness has a, high, a higher level of appreciation from those that accept it. Now, I just want to talk about one other definition, and that's ungrateful. And if you go back to the Merriam-Webster, it says showing no gratitude. And they use an example of making a poor return an ungrateful child. And it also talks about the fact that Ungrateful means to be disagreeable and thankless. You know, because of this emotional aspect of grateful, or in this case, ungratefulness, it certainly elicits an attitude from the receiver of, um, of the action. So... Um, an ungrateful person. And the thing about um, gratefulness or ungratefulness is that um, you're aware 
You are aware of this person's attitude. With someone that is unthankful or thankful, you may not necessarily be aware of what they're really thinking, but with gratefulness or ungratefulness, you are aware of exactly the emotional aspect of um, how they're feeling, whether it be ungrateful or grateful. And it may be subtle at times, but uh, certainly you, you can understand when someone is being ungrateful or grateful versus um, being thankful. Now, let's talk a little bit about this, the church at Colossae as we get into a little bit of this scripture this morning. And I want to tell you that um, gratefulness and grateful in this portion of scripture appears nowhere else in scripture. As a matter of fact, grateful and gratefulness as defined by thankful and thanks in this portion of scripture is the only place you will find it. Thanks and thankful are defined as uh, thanks and thankful everywhere else in scripture. So this is the only place in scripture, whether Old Testament or New Testament, that defines uh, thankful as you, as you get into it and research it as being grateful or having gratefulness. So the church at Colossae, uh, this letter that was written, was written by Paul from Rome where he was imprisoned. The tone and the focus of the letter were very similar to a letter that he sent to the Ephesian church, for both churches had similar struggles. Um, the church at um, Colossae was not founded by Paul. Uh, as a matter of fact, I don't think uh, Paul ever really visited that church. It was founded by a fellow named uh, Epaphras. And the thought is that Epaphras had gone to Rome to see Paul and um, kind of encouraged Paul to write this letter to the Colossi church. Now, of course, in that area of Asia, Asia Minor, typically when Paul would write one of these letters, the expectation is it would be read at all the churches in that area. So we can get a quick assessment of the Colossi church um, without having to go into too much details, they are addressed in chapter two of Colossians. And I really don't wanna take the time to, to go through all of that. But if you look at the book of Revelation and Christ's appraisal of the church of Ephesus, we can kind of get an idea also of what was happening at uh, Colossae. So if you would just kind of uh, jump over to Revelation chapter two for a minute. And in verse 1, it says, Unto the angel of the church at Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden sticks. I know thy works, of course this is referring to Christ, and thy labor and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them, which say they are apostles and are not, and has found them liars, and has borne and has patience 
and is for my name's sake, has labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and remove thy candlestick out of his place, except you repent. But, thou, but this thou hast, that thou hatest, the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear. With the Spirit saith unto the churches, To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. The Colossi church was dealing with being at the same time a city of Roman commercial business and competing with both uh, two other cities, Areopolis and Laodicea, uh, for importance, was influenced by a melting pot of religious viewpoints that they allowed to creep into their worship. So after this church was founded by Epaphras and they, they got well grounded in the word and that type of thing, is, is Epaphras um, uh, went to other churches, um, this church allowed other influences to creep back in uh, to their worship. Uh, they allowed some Jewish concepts like circumcision to, to have importance within the church. There were some pagan holidays that they brought in as part of their worship. Um, some Christian concepts were, um, were brought in or, or held on to, uh, but the authority of Christ was kind of thrown out, out the window. And so that they allowed this um, group of individuals to kind of influence them, even to a point that they brought carnality within, to, within the church. And this concept of Nicolaitans was uh, similar to what happened in Ephesus to what was going on in Colossae. The Nicolaitans, or this concept of the Nicolaitans, was to separate the clergy with um, the laity of the church. And the clergy kind of had all the knowledge of how they should worship and kind of threw that back into the people and they relied on them. So um, instead of relying on Christ, you know, we are one body. Um, and, uh, and we all work together. We're, we're not separated by a by a clergy and by a laity. Christ is the head, and we all have certain responsibilities within the church um, to support the gospel and to give honor and glory to Christ. And that's not what was happening in the Colossi church. Um, they had lost their first love, which was the gospel. They no longer appreciated what Christ had done for them. Their focus was more towards self-gratification than towards being grateful what Christ had done. So let's go back to this uh, portion of scripture in Colossians chapter 3. And we'll start with verse 12. And we'll kind of break this down as we go through this and uh, try to understand 
um, what Paul was trying to tell the people. And it's good for us to really understand this as well as we need to apply these things to our own lives, even in the fact that we're dealing with this global pandemic that, that's going on. We're, as I mentioned before, we're not to uh, go crazy and get out of control and that type of thing. That's not who Christ is in us. So let's uh, think about, uh, as we go through this, what Paul was trying to uh, encourage the church at Colossae to do, to, to get back onto that first love uh, that they had when they were first saved, and that's the gospel, death, burial, and resurrection of Christ and what he did for them and not what they're trying to do for themselves. You know, we, as we're in these lockdown situations, we try to think to ourselves, what do I need to do this or I need to do that or, or you know, everybody needs to listen to, to what I think should be done. Stop. We need to understand who we are in Christ as Christians and behave in a way that's honoring and glorifying to him. What Christ expects us to do, not how we think we should influence the situation. So in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, it says, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, Bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. So Paul kind of starts out with this capsule of scripture that I'm going through as that we are, we are believers. We are the elect of God. And as he's communicating this Colossae church, but... Also, he's speaking to us. Um, there are certain characteristics that we are supposed to exhibit. That term put on at the beginning of this verse means to clothe ourselves with these Christ-like qualities that he's going to go through. You know, clothing, when we put on clothing, we put on clothing to protect ourselves from the environment. And as we incorporate these things that Christ is trying to teach us through our Christian walk, we are to clothe ourselves with these things that protect us from the world out there, from the influences of the, of the world, which the Colossi Church had gotten away from. They allowed the worldly influences to creep into their worship, and they lost track of who they were in Christ. So we need to clothe or put on these things that Christ has taught us to put on. The first one is we are to be holy. And holy here means to be set apart. We're saints. We call each other brothers and sisters. That's who we are. We're brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. And God, we, to God, we're beloved. Okay? That's God's love or agape love he has for us. And we're to take that love that God had for us and incorporate that into our fellowship 
with one another, as God and Christ has taught us. You know, Christ walked along this earth and he healed the sick, but most of all, he taught them about God and worshiping God to get a oneness with spirit, with themselves and God. So we're to be clothed with holiness and love. The love of God. Next, it says, extend bowels of mercy. Now, bowels here is the center of our emotional, uh, of who we are, the heart. Um, so we're to have a heartfelt and not some type of surface um, mercy that we extend to one another. And what I mean by that is excusing away, oh, that's just the way this person is or that's just the way he is, but a deep, compassionate forgiveness towards one another when we're offended. Not to just kind of walk away and slough it off, but actually, you know, working with that person in a heartfelt way that you're reconciled to one another and that you can walk away um, putting things behind and moving ahead. Kindness. Having a gentle disposition. I put a note here um, as to having the 70 times 70 rule. We're to be kind to one another and we're to forgive each other as Christ told the apostles, seven, 70 times 70. In other words, um, we're, we're to have an infinite um, kindness to one another that brings a gentleness in working with one another in our fellowship as we uh, travel through life here on earth. Humbleness of mind. And uh, I pulled this out of um, uh, the vines, and it says, a deep sense of one's moral littleness. So, you know, we have a tendency to want to puff ourselves up and think we have all the answers, but we don't. It is Christ and God who has all the answers. We have to understand our position in Christ, and it is not anything that puffs us up at all. And they throw out a couple other things in this, in the modesty, humility, lowliness of mind. And I thought that was interesting that they had thrown modesty into humbleness of mind. And you think of someone that's immodest, that dresses immodesty, that tries to draw attention to themselves, um, that tries to make them think that they are special. And, um, but a modest person, dress modestly, try not to draw attention to themselves, but their, and our purpose in life is to draw attention to Christ and not to, uh, you know, how Christ created us. Um, 
So humbleness of mind, modesty, humility, lowliness of mind. The next one is meekness. Again, having a gentle spirit about us. You know, when you go to share Christ with someone and you try to hammer them with the word of God or kind of be very strong in your approach, it's not, uh, it's not a good method. It has a tendency to drive people away. But if you have this meekness, this gentle spirit, and you try to pull them aside and share God's word with them and let God's word do the work instead of we, you, or I, it has a much better result. Then the last one is long-suffering. Of course, that's patience, forbearance, and uh, another term that the that, uh, vines use is deliberate in avenging wrongs. Um, you know, we have a tendency that we make quick decisions on something that's shared with us about somebody else. Instead of getting to the facts, understanding the situation, and really taking the time to understand what has happened and, and making a solid decision through prayer. That's long-suffering. So in verse 12, um, as elect of God, we, we're, we're to exhibit these um, characteristics. And in verse 13 it says, forbearing one another and forgiving one another, okay, taking these things that we've learned and actually putting them into practice. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also ye do. Forbearing means to bear or to endure. Forgiving is for Christ forgave us. So take these qualities that you have and put them into practice as Christ did for us. Verse 14. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. That term above all means in addition to. So you have these qualities that Christ has taught us to use in our lives that we're to put into action. But above all, through all of this, we need to show love towards one another. This brotherly love or this agape love as we're the beloved of God. We're to show that same kind of love to one another. And it says, which is the bond of perfectness. That word bond if you go back and you, you look at it, it means which binds together, a band, a bond. As the ligaments in the body connect everything together and hold everything in place, that's the way love should be. And it is perfectness. It's moral and spiritual completeness. So as Christ teaches us these things that we are to incorporate it in our lives. We're to, we're to put it into action through love that binds everything together as we 
provide testimonies to one another, work together, live in lockdown situations. And then verse 15 it says, and as uh, Paul writes, he says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also ye are called in one body and be ye thankful. And that word thankful means grateful. The word let here means to umpire, referee, or arbitrate. So we're to let the peace of God be the arbitrator or the umpire or the referee in whatever situation we find ourselves in and let the peace of God control our hearts. And um, someone wrote this, um, and I wrote it down, and I just want to share this with you. It says, The peace of God, the tranquil state of a soul, assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God, and content with its earthly lot of whatsoever sort that is. Now, they're not speaking of not fearing God, because we're to fear God and what he can do for us. But what they're referring to is, as we live out our life, and whatever God throws at us as we travel through uh, this earth from one state to another, um, we have this peace of God in us that controls us through all these situations. And it says, called in one body. We're invited. That word called means we're too invited. So let the peace of God arbitrate or referee us in our daily walk as God invites us. And he ends it by saying, be ye thankful. We need to be grateful for all these things that Christ has taught us. Um... As believers, we're to have this understanding because of the example Christ lived out in his life as we went through those characteristics. We have this knowledge of how we are to conduct our business here on earth. And all this is held together by love. Not only by our love towards God, but his love towards us. That we are to extend to one another, which is governed by the peace of God. Because of this godly invitation... We are to be grateful. Then he concludes with verse 16 and 17. He says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So we're to take all these things uh, the love that binds it together, governed by the peace of God, and we're to incorporate that in our worship of who God is and teach that to one another as Christ has taught us. That word dwell means to reside or have a home in one, in one and influence him for good. So we're to have all these things wrapped up 
and it's to dwell in us. It's to have a home in us. It's not to sit outside of who we are and every now and then we kind of access it in whatever situation we think it applies. No. Christ says this applies to every situation we find ourselves in and it's to have a home in us and it's supposed to drive us all the time. Then verse 17 says, Whatsoever ye do in word and deed, do all in the name of Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks, showing gratefulness to God and the Father by him. I got to keep track of time because Ben told me I went a little too long last time and he got nervous. But we're to, it says, And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks, showing gratefulness to God and the Father by him. It is only through Jesus Christ that all this is possible. And we're to be grateful for it. We're not only to have this head knowledge and this understanding, but we're to take it and use it in our, in our daily walk, in our emotional contacts with one another. We're to be thankful to God for what he's done for us through how we act. Not only how we act with our relationship with God, but with one another. And that's what the Colossi Church was not doing. They were not making Christ the center. The things that they had learned, they were not applying to their lives. They were allowing the world to creep in. They pushed Christ off to the side. Every now and then they would probably use some of those concepts. And they were frustrated. And they were and the church was falling apart. But what we need to do is grab onto these things and use them and be grateful for it. If we're grateful, like I was grateful for my surgery, we're going to want to share that with one another. Now, um, I just want to close with a couple things here. First uh, and foremost, how are we to deal with the ungrateful? Luke 6, 35 and 36 says, But love ye your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful or ungrateful, um, is what he's addressing here, and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. So we're to take these same things and apply them to the ungrateful as well as the grateful in our lives. I just want to close with one thing. Um, I had ordered a tree um, a while back, and it happened to, it was a red dogwood, and we were replacing one in our front yard that had died and we had to dig up and remove. And it showed up about a few days after this edict came from our governor to uh, shelter in place or to lock down or whatever. So uh, my son and I went out and we dug a hole and we planted this tree. And um, I started to get a little concerned about this tree because the weather we've had, it's been below freezing 
for several days since then. And, you know, it snowed the other day. And, uh, you know, I had put a little time, I had put a lot of time and resources in nurturing and taking care of this tree. And, you know, I, I even said, hey, Lord, you know, I've planted this tree and I've put some time and money into this. Uh, you know, please uh, allow this thing to grow. And through all this uh, weather so far, it is sprouting and you can see the leaves coming out and everything. And, uh, you know, I am not only thankful, but I'm grateful that the Lord has allowed this tree to continue on. We are like that tree. God has planted us, expecting us to grow in a way that's honoring and glorifying to him as he nurtures us through our daily walk. And we are to be thankful and grateful for that because, again, we deserve hell. But he has made a way for us to reconcile between a holy God and our sin nature. And we should be forever grateful for that. Let's pray. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.